and today's episode will be discussing The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn, starring Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Idris Elba as Robert Dubois, aka Bloodsport, John Cena as Christopher Smith, aka Peacemaker, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, Sylvester Stallone as the voice of Nanu, aka King Shark, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, Jai Courtney as George Digger Harkness, aka Captain Boomerang, Peter Capaldi as Gaius Greaves, aka The Thinker, David Dismission as Abner Krill, aka Polka Dot Man, Daniela Mencora as Cleo Caza, aka Ratcatcher 2, Taika Watiti as Ratcatcher 1, Michael Rooker as Brian Derlin, aka Savant, Pete Davidson as Richard Dick Hertz, aka Blackguard, Nathan Fillion as Corey Pitzner, aka TDK, The Detachable Kid. Sean Gunn as Weasel, and Calendar Man. Flula Borg as Gunter Braun, a.k.a. Javelin. Mei Ling as Mongal. Music was by John Murphy. It was made on a budget of $185 million and was released on August 5th, Mark and I'm Kendrick and this is Movies in Black and White. Kendrick, today we're doing the Suicide Squad 2. Mm-hmm. Well, is it Suicide not? Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's just the Suicide Squad. Not, not two. 2, not whatever. But I loved it. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's everything we wanted to see from a movie. Uh, you know, James Gunn was given $100 million, right? That was 120, $120 million, something like that. And then oh, they just. 185. Said, oh, $200 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they said, hey, Go ahead and do what you want to do. Right. Free, have you, full creative control. Have you it. ever seen Boomerang, the movie? No, I don't think I have. Who's Eddie in it? Murphy. Uh, no, never watched okay. it. Okay. Okay. So there's a scene. Eddie Murphy plays this ad exec for a company. Okay. And uh, Grace Jones is one of their clients called named Strange, right? And they're putting out this perfume line for her. Okay. Uh, the guy who played the old 7 Up Man. <laughs> you know, that guy. Uh, he plays an underling of Eddie Murphy's and says, hey, Eddie Murphy's going through this crap with Robin Givens and uh, Halle Berry at the time. Yeah, big problems. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, I have seen okay. Boomerang. Yeah, because okay. he's so, like a dirtbag, right? He sleeps with everyone. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah exactly. Very much so he gives him cre- gives this guy creative control over mm-hmm. this whole project. And he sits down to me and he's like, hey, you know what? What's this look like? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. Okay. I gave him the control. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> so he comes out with this crazy-ass fucked up yep. vision. Yep. Right? I remember <laughs> that remember now. That? Yeah. Okay. This is what it's like. But James Gunn has done a great job with it. He does. A, it, it, it's so over-the-top violent. Yes. It's so over-the-top, just vulgar. It is amazingly funny. Hard PSA announcement right now. This is obviously going to delve into some oh, huge immense yeah. spoilers. Yes. Neither this movie nor this podcast will ever be meant for children. No, and the fact oh, that you and I God. saw kids as we, like it was a family of oh. four walking down the theater, and I turned and I saw and I was, looked at you and I go, "What the fuck? This kid couldn't have been more than five or six years old." And then a kid in the parents' arms, younger than that. Yes, we are amazed every time we see these R-rated movies. Hey, you took your six-year-old to see Deadpool? No, 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 no. Deadpool, Deadpool Two, John Wick. It's yeah. your kid. Do whatever you want to with it, but not a movie for your kid. Yeah, it's not. Not it really. (laughs) This is is, this is sometimes nightmare fuel. Yeah, very brutal. I mean, like overly grotesquely brutal. 
overly like, grotesque, exploding right off the bat, people all the, the time. first person that died. I mean, when the bird gets killed, right? These these are the same people that probably <laughs> complained when Anthony died in Ant Man. Right. The, how could you kill that ant? Then my kid's so devastated. Right. Yet we're gonna go take it to see Suicide Squad. Where first thing off the gun, Blackguard gets his face blown off, and you All see the chunk just missing yes. from his face. All they're doing is just murking people. Oh yeah, that's hardcore. It. Just killing them. So you know, like he said, he op- we opened up, and uh, Savant mm-hmm. Durlin is in the prison, and he's played by the Michael ball. Rooker. Yes, great. I love it. Yeah, I, you know, when we saw the commercials, we saw the uh, trailers for it. You know, we thought that hey. Oh, these guys are gonna have great parts, and you know, a bit play a big part in this movie. <laughs> no. It's gonna be great. Michael Rokerson, you know, you got Boomerang, Nathan back. Fillion, yeah, yeah. Fillion, and all these people are in this. Great man, even Pete Davidson. I was like, cool. I'd like to see what he does with Blackguard. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. He's got all these weapons all yeah. on him. Like, how much ass is he gonna kick? <laughs> so, no, he's he's in his cell. Uh, Derlin's in his cell, out in the, out in the wreck, and it's isolation. And he's throwing the ball around, and this bird lands in there. And he throws the ball, ricochets off the walls a couple times, and just splatters the bird. Pile drives it with that ball. Yeah, kills the bird. <laughs> it's like, okay, no remorse, nothing. now you understand what you're dealing with. Yeah, these are some bad this folks. Is, yeah, these, these are, are bad not good people guys. doing bad things. Very much so. Um, and I think a lot of you know some of the critics of this movie have sat back and got it wrong. These are bad people yeah. doing bad things. This is not a... Well, as with any bad guy, there's always that little bit of redeemable quality. Right. Like, nobody's ever truly bad except for a few individuals. Right. And nobody's ever truly good. And James Gunn leads into that. I mean, the Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. Big time. He was the big polar time. opposite, right? They're yep. good people that do bad things sometimes. Right. These are bad people that have no choice but to go try to do this good thing. <laughs> yeah. Because they got a bomb in their neck. And it's... Is it good or is it questionably good? Oh, it's questionably <laughs> it's, good at best. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they, they're doing their thing. So you get that sense right off the bat that these are not like, okay, superheroes. This is not a superhero movie. This is a supervillain, not a supervillain, but a villain movie that paints a a different portrait of bad people doing bad things. It it blurs (laughs) a line. Yeah, it blurs a line. Hard. Exactly. Um, So we, we, you know, he gets introduced to his team. Crazy ass team. Yeah, you got, you got Weasel, Boomer, yeah. Captain Boomerang, Mongal. Yep. Uh, Which that was I've never heard of that. Was that just made for the movie? Or no, was that, that an actual char- character? He's a character. He's a character. What? Okay. He's like, but James Gunn is great at doing one thing: delving into these bad, weird, oh, obscure characters, very obscure. and doing his homework <laughs> and actually bringing a soul to these characters. Well, he, right when he got this movie, he. He flat out said, I'm doing this line. It was the John Ostenberg line. Right. He knew what he was going for from the moment right. one. I mean, this man introduced Polka Dot Man. Yes. Successfully. Yes. Who in this world do you think could successfully introduce a Polka Dot Man and make it work? I mean, seriously. That just sounds... When you just say that, yeah. Polka Dot Man, that sounds ridiculous. Right. I and mean, that's not even the craziest thing he pulls off no, in this movie. No. Like, I'm going to just run it down right now. Go do it. The one of the craziest things I saw in this movie was making John Cena the superstar of this movie with really? with all this other cast. I mean, exactly. you had Idris Elba, exactly. Margot Robbie, Joel Kinnaman, all like stand-up awesome actors and actresses. Yep. And then here comes John Cena like, yeah, I'm the funniest one in this movie. And this motherfucker keeps going to all these press events in full oh, costume. Oh, in full costume. Like, he was made for this character. Five times in full costume. Uh-huh. I mean, he is like, I, I, I'm like, John, you, you stole the costume, or you've been given the costume, whatever. <laughs> um, have you washed the costumes that you're wearing? I Why mean, would it's you? Like, Let's he be seems like here. he would sleep in it. it. I'm sure 90% of these actors and actresses that play these heroes and villains want to keep the costume. Like, oh, hell Ben yeah. Affleck even said, like, I wanted to keep the bat suit, yeah. but it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, right. and they wanted me to pay for it at that point in time. <laughs> right. I'm not paying it's for like, that. I'll, I'll enjoy it while I'll take a picture in there. I have Which it forever. I just made you this money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you give me that damn shit. suit. <laughs> so but, the fact that he could make John Cena the standout oh story, and they're like, after watching it, I'm like, okay, it clicked like within the first 20 minutes of John Cena on screen as to why James Gunn is going to go do the Peacemaker series. Yes. On HBO Max. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because at first, everybody was like, why the fuck would you do that? Right. Like, you have all these grand characters. Why Peacemaker? So obscure. Nobody knows him. 
John Cena. Like, why? Yeah, I mean, and people, then after this, you're like, hmm, yeah, okay, that yeah, makes sense. People were like, in the beginning, I'm like, on board. How are they doing a dang on series for this character? <laughs> this character's terrible. Right. He's, I mean, even in the movie, he's a douchebag. No, he's he a straight. A he's a bro, but he's yeah. a douchebag. He's a douchebag, bro. Uh, <laughs> Funniest shit. Like he Funny. has the best oh lines. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you right he now, does. when he walked out in his whitey tidies, oh when gosh. they woke up in the camp scene and King Shark was about to eat Ratcatcher two, and just in his white tidies, I just up and goes, I "Really, mean, you're the guy out here in your whitey tidies? Yeah, hey man, that's, that's racist. racist. <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody's looking at it, going, "Okay, John Cena." Represent well there in the whitey, tidy whiteies. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's a fit dude right there. There is nothing left to the imagination for nah, John Cena. No. Okay? I mean, it's like, he's like, fuck it. I'm going out here. Yeah. Everything's going to be care. hanging out. I don't Full confidence, man. <laughs> he just stood there too, like, yeah. comfortable as yeah. all get out. Like, <laughs> like I wonder how naked. many takes they had to get for him to either. All he just walked out there absolutely comfortable and just like, yeah, whatever. I'm in my whitey tidies. I don't give a shit. Or it was like, I'm uncomfortable at first. But I'm going to get used to this. He exuded the confidence I used to exude when I would was a swimmer. Yeah, with your Speedo? Yes. <laughs> it just didn't give a fuck. I was like, hey, no, okay. would you? I'm, I'm out here. Hey. All right. Let but, it all hang out. Yeah. But it it is just a great movie. James Gunn came along, I think, you know, aside from the box office, whatever. I think as a movie, if you watch this movie, yeah, it is not for the pearl-clutching uh, you know, oh my gosh! If you're queasy, look at this, uh, not for you. Type of people, yeah, no, no. It is for the s- cynical. <laughs> it is for the, the dark humor, who, the dark humor yep. folks, and it's a good niche. I think <laughs> right up my alley, awesome. <laughs> exactly right, right up our alley. We love this I mean, type of stuff. I have never seen a bad James Gunn movie. Never, really, no. I mean, I, honestly, for what they are, I mean, Slither, I wasn't really happy about. I mean, it was I like okay, enjoyed it. I. I enjoyed it, but it was like, okay, I, I I see that once and I'm good. Fair. You know. Fair. Absolutely fair. Uh, I mean, when he got announced as the Guardians of the Galaxy director, I'm, yeah. first I'm like, who the fuck is James Gunn? Mm-hmm. Went and watched his filmography. You know, at the time right. it was like Super, it was Slither, it was that internet show. Uh, what was it called? James Gunn PG Porn, something like that. Do you remember that? Mm. Didn't, remember? See, didn't see that one. I think that's what it was. Either that or it was... Um, Oh, it was with uh, Neil Patrick Harris, right? That was uh, the doctor. Was that it? Am I going crazy here? What was it? Do you remember? I do not know. I mean, he wrote Scooby-Doo. Yeah. One and two. He did... Let's see here. Uh, Oh, yeah. James Gunn's PG porn. I remember that. And then... Okay. He did did Con Man, but that wasn't out before. It was James Gunn PG porn that I was thinking of. Okay. And... It was, it was funny. It was stupid, mm-hmm. but I could see how you know he was guiding the directing. Yes, yes, exactly. And then after watching Slither and Super, I'm like, okay, you know these are really low budget, right? I want to see what he does with more money. And then Guardians One came out Just and killed it. I honestly have never seen a movie more times in theater than I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I literally went, saw it with a friend. We walked out, and she goes, "You want to watch it again?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Let's, go. let's go." Literally watched it back to back. No, it was. We were so excited after seeing that movie. I was so excited after seeing that movie. Uh, me and all my friends. I was still in Ohio at the time. Mm-hmm. We had gone to see the movie. We were, oh my gosh, this is you know this really kind of minted Marvel's ability almost to do no wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You take the most obscure characters, yes, exactly. Give it to an unknown director, well, fairly unknown, right? And and they wrote it, directed it out of the park, killed it more than anybody could have ever expected, right? But getting back to this film, it all feeds together. It does. <laughs> it really does. He he, his vision for this film tied so well together. The one thing I really liked about it was oh, he gave everyone. Quick. Real quick, Andrews. It was Neil, the Neil and Patrick Harris thing I was thinking okay. of. It was uh, Dr. Horrible Sing Along blog, but that was Josh uh, Whedon. That okay. was another thing. Because anytime there's okay. a Marvel director that gets announced, yeah. I go watch their filmography. And it that was, was one of the things. But okay. Yes, I've watched both of those right. in preparation. But, uh, you know, he gave everyone in the movie their moments. Everybody yes. had their moments. Uh-huh. And it, it wasn't like, okay, they had to go a whole big long spiel about their moments no he did most a lot of them on the bus just in that bus scene i mean he did that and polka dot man had 
that moment where okay, yeah, I realized he realized he told his story mm-hmm. and it was done. He did a really good job, like you said, of humanizing the villains. Right. Showing their backstories and showing, not necessarily and completely showing, but giving you an understanding of why they are the way they are. Exactly. Like, Ratcatcher 2 is not a bad person. No. At all. No, no, no. She had a bad time. Like, her dad died young. She right. moved to America, and she got caught robbing a bank with the rats, and that's armed robbery in that state, so exactly. she gets into prison. Not necessarily a bad person. She just right. didn't know what else to do. She was homeless most of her life with her dad. Mm-hmm. Some of those scenes with those rats were... were if you're so squeamish tough. when it comes so to rats, tough. this is yeah. not your movie. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Bloodsport, you know, he was traumatized as a kid by his father. Right. He grew yeah. up and just became a badass and yep. bad dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, apparently him and uh, Rick Flagg were in the army together and, like, from yeah, watching the movie two times. Special Forces yeah. together, yeah. So um, they, you know, his dad, coupled with the traumatization and mm-hmm. the training that his dad gave him yeah you know as far as blood sport you know he had no choice right of what he was going to become right i mean you saw that with even you know polka dot man mm-hmm. you know his mother made him who he is i mean it was crazy the trauma that she put him through uh, uh experimented on him and his brothers and sisters killed a couple of them you know <laughs> it is hilarious dude anytime that he sees his mom because like that's what he does when he goes to fight mm-hmm. he's he sees his mom and the point he's willing to kill because right. he hates his mom every time you see it from his point of view and you see everybody oh as, his, as mother, his mother especially the scene hilarious. where the whole team's there yes and the king sharks his mom and yeah. everybody's his mom i was fucking <laughs> was losing hilarious. my mind that is yeah. the funniest thing yeah and like that's just james gunn's writing style he ties everything together with a perfect bow usually he makes all these characters relatable human makes you care about them right even if they're an asshole Right. Like Peacemaker. I mean, the bar scene in the middle of the movie where they're all drinking, you're like, Peacemaker, yeah. man, you're a fucking bro. Yeah, like, you're not that bad. Yeah, and then exactly. the but movie continues and they're like, dick. oh, you're a dickhead, bro. <laughs> like, something's <laughs> wrong with you. But, you know, the biggest thing is I think he, he makes it to where you don't take everything so seriously. Yes. People, some of the people looking at looking at this movie are going, they're taking it way too seriously. It's a m- irreverent movie. It is a movie that is designed to be over the top to be as just in your face as possible. Yes, very much so. D- take it as that. Mm-hmm. Don't sit back and go, oh, well, you know, they killed a lot of innocent people in this and this. Yeah, they were. <laughs> where the dark humor comes into play. Exactly. Like that whole scene between Bloodsport and John yeah. Cena or Peacemaker having a competition, oh killing people. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it from, you know, outside perspective, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, it is. But. When you're watching the movie, it's like, damn, that was pretty funny. And that like when he funny. shoots that guy, he's like, non fatal blow, you lose. He yeah. goes, uh, explosive in- rounds, give it a minute, boom. <laughs> because it, it, he goes, like, when it's dope as fuck. He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not professional to uh, uh, show off. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Unless what you're showing off is dope as fuck. <laughs> John Cena's got like perfect like, comedic timing, dude. Damn. Absolutely hilarious. Damn, that's true. <laughs> I just elbow was funny as shit. Oh yeah, too. like they're oh, yeah. all funny. You know what really surprised me is they didn't focus too much on Harley, right? Which I appreciate because Harley's been done exactly quite a bit. The parts they did focus on her showed a decently new side to her. You know, it connected to Birds yes. of Prey and the Suicide Squad. Yes. I mean, if I I didn't notice it the first time, but the second time, you know, some of her tattoos are gone, mm-hmm. but some of them are altered. Right. So like the J on her arm now is a mermaid. Mermaid. Yep. The the tattoo on her back used to say property of joker right now it says property of no one yeah like in, they were all tweaked exactly. within the original tattoo and it's like okay i can really appreciate that especially if they're birds of prey mm-hmm. this was probably the best version of harley quinn we've gotten yet oh yeah i believe so i think that you know her coming out and giving that monologue about you know her taste in men right after she shoots <laughs> luna <laughs> luna after they go it's, at it hardcore yeah, yeah. Said, oh, that's a red flag and i told myself <laughs> next you know, time, next i'm just time. gonna break up with yep. them by murdering them yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> i mean she's still batshit crazy yes she's obviously and crazy props to margot robbie for you know anytime she shows harley like mm-hmm. just being harley like when they're sitting and eating dinner you know, she's just bunching down on that chicken leg. Right. But still looking majestic as fuck as she does it. Yes. How is that even possible? I don't understand it either. Like, that's just I a gorgeous person. Like, I how is don't that, get that it. makes no sense? Like, if I go I, at a chicken wing, I'm like, damn, what a slob. Like, nom, yeah. nom, nom. <laughs> she's over here like, <laughs> like a fucking hyena. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> 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 fucking angels yeah. singing behind her. <laughs> exactly. 
But I mean, you know, like you said, it's it's just a, a testament to her character development, right? And I think a lot of people who are uh, criticizing this movie mm-hmm. are sitting there saying, "Oh, well, you know, Margot Robbie and Idris Elba couldn't, you know, kind of carry the movie and blah blah blah." No, they I'm do like, carry the movie. Yeah, they do. Absolutely, they do extremely well. And it's not just on their it's shoulders; on their, it's on the exactly. it's an ensemble. The whole cast carries the movie. Mm-hmm. The dude who had probably the le- least lines, King Shark, Sylvester Stallone. Sat back and it was like and was killing it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sylvester, he was like killing it. reading a little bit about this movie, like we normally do, obviously. Right. James Gunn had a hard time cracking King Shark. Right. He didn't know how exactly how he was going to do it, and then he started bringing in Stallone because Stallone was going to do the role. Right. And Stallone cracked it. Yes. And a lot of that was Stallone being Stallone. Right. Dude's a phenomenal writer, and it just goes to prove that movies are collaborative. Like no matter how great James Gunn is. Right. It's a whole group process. And when you yeah. got an ensemble cast like this, which he rocks with, everybody lends their voice to it and it just yes, works. It, yes, they do. Joel Kinnaman, who was decent in the, in the original Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. absolutely one of the highlights of the Suicide Squad. Changed his character to be more down to earth. Yeah. A little more Not lenient. Just, just a cool dude. So, you know, he, he was, I think he was more naive in the first one yes because he just followed oh away. he was a hard ass in the first one and that's all it yeah. was yeah and this one he's done these missions a few times he's gotten to know exactly. the group and he's like these are not entirely bad they're idiots yeah. they, they're douchebags but they're not entirely bad people right i can work with them exactly you know like it, it shows just in the first scene alone when savant comes out and meets rick flag he's shaking his hand you know asking him what he wants to be called just right trying to get to know him because he has to go work with this dude and they have yeah. to survive the mission together and the first one he didn't want no part of these people none None, None whatsoever. So it's cool to see that kind of revolution. It just shows what a master storyteller that James Ken could be. Well, the biggest thing, I mean, and I looked at this and I looked at the first one. Right. You know, and Ayers. Ayers has a style. Ayers sits back and says, Very okay, I'm going to make it street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wants to make it street. He wants to make it, you know, kind of tough, gritty, all that stuff. It works in certain of his movies. Yes. It did not work in that. In in the in Suicide Squad, it didn't because of the cuts and the way the movie was right. put together with all the music trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Exactly, which it was not meant to be from the get go. Like right. I, I'll be honest when I say that I'm curious to see what his original cut would have been. I'm not like so keen on seeing it like the Zack Snyder cut, right? No, but I'd be curious to see how different of a movie it was without all that music and stuff, and getting to see because you can tell watching Suicide Squad, the original one. A lot of the scenes are cut and moved around moved quite a around bit. Quite a bit. I mean, just by looking just at Joel Kinnaman's hair, yeah, you could tell the scene takes yes. place after this. It does, <laughs> it's all over the place, right? So I'd be curious to see that cut. But after getting this movie, I really don't fucking care. I don't care. I'd either. just rather go watch this one. I've yeah. watched it twice now, wanting to watch it a third That's time. That's Exactly right. And you know, this is my definition of a Suicide Squad movie now. Right. I think uh, you know we talked about it in the theater and said, okay, it took a kind of a Marvel guy to come over and save a DC movie. But it took a Marvel guy getting fired from a Marvel movie to come over and kill a DC yeah. movie. Oh, speaking of which, Rick Flag shirt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you t- have you taken a look at some of the stuff about that? Uh-uh. Okay. So, it's got a bunny on it. Yeah, I saw that. With a cape. Okay. It's got a WV on the shirt. Okay. Right? Yeah. And the quote in in Spanish is obstacles create opportunity. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. So he, you know, you got Superman represented, of course, Bugs Bunny represented, right. Warner Brothers represented, and the obstacle of getting fired yeah. from Marlins mm-hmm. and being able to create this movie. And they gave him free reign. Like, have you read all oh, the man. options they gave him? Jeez. He he had the op- front options at Superman, Batman, but Matt Reeves right. was already doing Batman, so he's exactly. like, I don't need to touch that. He had everything under the sun. But he he just ended up deciding on the Suicide Squad because right. that's what he does. He's he's good at doing rejects. He is. He's good at Very doing good. character studies. He's doing good at ensemble casts. He's that's that's his forte. And he sticks to it. I think, and I think you know, like you said, doing a mainstream character probably would not have worked for him. I think he could pull it off, but not as well as pulling off because what he does with these unknowns is he tweaks it to fit him. Right. And if you take a character like Superman who's so well known and so mm-hmm. you know just well defined at this point and tweak it to James Gunn style, it's going to be divisive. And I think he I think he really tweaks them to fit that this, character. That and the story they, itself. Yeah, yeah. It makes, you know, he takes those characters and says, okay, I'm going to make you true to this character. Right. And not try to be something else. 
mm-hmm. that you're really not. So originally when he pitched this movie, it wasn't... So the bad guy at the end of the movie, which not necessarily a bad guy, I'll get into that in a little bit, but was originally supposed to be Superman. Okay. It was wow. the Suicide Squad hunting down Superman because he went... Oh, Superman or Supergirl? Superman. Okay. Because he went... The initial idea was he went rogue... Something happens under my control or something, so the Suicide Squad sent in to go and take him down. Right. Obviously, that didn't happen, which I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah. It would have been a cool movie to see, but I like this one better. And I love the tidbit with uh, Bloodsport, where they tell him the reason he's in jail is because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet bullet. and and put him in the ICU. It's like, damn, I'd love to see a flashback of that. Yeah, that would have been dope. I'd like to see that. I'll tell you what. Like you, I even pointed out to you when we were walking into the theater, the standee with Idris Elba's Bloodsport mm-hmm. with his guns. I was like, what the yeah. fuck are those? Like, what? Explain to me. And you're like, I don't know, dude. Let's just go watch the movie. We'll find out. Yeah. Oh, my God. When it's he like started pulling those guns nanotech out. Nanotech guns. It's all in his suit. And he yeah. pulls off a little piece and they expand out. And then when he right. puts the big gun together at the end, I'm like, all right, I'm eating my words on that. Yeah. That was pretty that fucking was pretty cool. Awesome. It was awesome. And even when he, uh, you know, shooting King Shark in the middle of the jungle when he's Trying to eat rat catcher. catcher. Too. God, yeah. yeah, that was. I'll tell you, what, I've never seen such an adorable, scary fucking creature in my yes. life. Because like when you think about it, scary as shit. A shark. Like when the scene is when you see him running behind the foliage, yeah. coming around to kill that guy, and yeah. the camera pans and you don't see him come up right behind him, and then it turns and you see him pick him up and eat him. Yes, you're like, God damn, that is terrifying. It's a land shark. And then other time he's just be like more terrifying than um, a land shark. Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, a killing machine just has legs. <laughs> Just mowing people, Just mowing down. people down. Yeah, when yeah. he rips that dude in half yeah. and the lightning strikes, oh I'm like, that's the point where I'm like, all right, we have crossed the threshold of no return. Oh, like, yeah. it cannot get much more gruesome than this. No. And no. then it does. It does. And, like, okay, with Starro, right? Mm-hmm. It ends up being shown out that Starro is really the big bad guy of the movie. They got to take him down because they want to so that it, he doesn't destroy a whole city when he escapes from his right. containment facility. He's been contained in there for like 30, 30 years. years, yeah. Mad, or the Thinker, I almost said Mad Hatter. Yeah. The Thinker <laughs> has experimented on for 30 years, tortured him, and like, it's insinuated he's done some dirty shit to this fucking oh, creature. Yeah. I mean, like, dirty abused him sexually and like, to the people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's just crazy. done some nasty shit. Because yeah. once those little starfish that he exudes from his body connect to somebody's face, he has control of them at that point. Yes. And they feel his pain. Yes. And I think they have a connection at that point, so... Thinker's over here probably molesting, doing all these kinds of stuff to these bodies. And when Starro finally gets his hands on him and just rips him to shreds and bodies him against the window and splatters him, I was like, like, yeah, you deserve that. Yeah, he was he was not. I mean, he was a tragic villain because even when he's dying at the end, he says, what does he say? He says, I was I was just happy happy floating floating in this uh, the space space staring staring at the stars. stars. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, at that point, I'm just like, this poor creature. Like, he got taken against his will. Yep. He got brought down and studied on and <laughs> yeah. just abused in every way possible. Right. And then he finally gets free. And then he goes in, like, the most gruesomely beautiful way I've ever seen. Like, the, yeah. James Gunn's ability to take gruesome stuff and make it majestic as fuck wow. is unreal. Because yeah. Harley ends up stabbing through his eyeball with the javelin that she keeps from javelin when he dies. Right. Goes inside his eye, and it's just this clear, majestic, clear yeah. blue liquid with lights behind it from his eye, tendons, right. and everything. And then the rats come in and start, and start eating him from inside it. out. Oh, and my just gosh. Like, it's like, oh. And then it focuses on Harley, like, oh. And then it shows the rats, and you're like, Hurt. Like, it's just yeah. a lot of that back and forth. And just, yep. Damn, that's impressive that he could pull that kind it of thing crazy, out. crazy, man. I mean, crazy. The, bru- the deaths alone are brutal. Yeah, they are. That's not even like the darkest parts of these movies sometimes, like we talked about. It's, right. It's the innuendos, the stuff that's said, and it's like, damn, this is really fucked up. Yeah. I'm going to run down the list of people who died and how they died. Oh, Lord. Correct okay. me if I'm wrong, right? Go ahead. So at the end of the movie, the only people that end up surviving are Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Ratcatcher 2, and King Shark. Right. There's an end trailer scene or end credit scene where two end up surviving, but we'll get to those in a bit. Okay. So, first off, Weasel eats it. He can't swim. Funny shit. <laughs> see him drowned. It's like, this is fucked up, but this is hilarious. Did anybody <laughs> check to see if Weasel could swim? <laughs> just, I love like, Amanda yeah. Waller's looking at her team like, you fucking, fucking idiots. idiots. Yeah. And that's like the, not the first time she does it. She does it throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Weasel eats it right off the bat. And then Blackguard gets his face literally blown off. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, after that, it's TDK... 
right? He gets his arms start getting shot because they come off his body, right? And it causes him pain. Then he gets riddled, exactly. And then Mongal, Mongal, eat, oh well, God. actually, Mongal didn't eat it first. She jumped on a helicopter. The helicopter starts spiraling, That's hitting right. trees, cutting up people, and she cuts through this one tree with the helicopter, and it the splinters. Just destroy Cap- uh, Captain Boomerang. Right. He turns and looks at Harley, and as he's looking at her, the helicopter comes from behind and just splatters him. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing left, really. Mongol ends up dying because she's pinned underneath the helicopter and burning burns. to death. <laughs> then Javelin gets riddled with bullets. And so yeah. the only people that really survive from the original team are Flag, Harley, and then Savant. And Savant bolts. He yeah, goes. He runs. Takes off, man. And Waller blows his head off. Yep. And like that was that was cool as shit. Like you know, like when we saw the the original Suicide Squad, you see what was his name, the one that uh, oh the guy that bounces up and climb anything, Slipknot, yeah. right? Yeah, Slipknot. Slipknot. Yeah. yeah, he gets see you see his head get blown off, but it's just smoke and like you really yeah. don't see anything. This one, it shows <laughs> oh, everything blown off, and that was just within the first eight minutes of the movie. Everybody yeah. dies, and then the opening credits happen, and the camera pans across the battlefield. And you see all these people all fucked up and dead. And, like, yeah. Boomerang's hand, the only thing that's left of him is his hand is sticking up holding a boomerang. <laughs> you see Mongol's just roasted corpse. Right. Weasel just f- sitting on the beach, drowned. drowned. Like, it's all yes. just... And then the one that's still alive at the moment, but you, he ends up dying right away, is TDK. He's sitting up there coughing up blood. And it's just yeah. like, god damn, like, this was in the first eight minutes. What kind of ride are we in for here? Exactly. And then... Time goes on through the movie. A bunch of other people die. Like the one that probably hit me the hardest was Milton. Oh god, <laughs> the yeah. bus driver. He's with them the whole movie, and then like, like he dies, and then like who's, who's Milton? Milton? <laughs> Polka dots me. Like, Are you serious? He's been he was with us with the, the whole time. time. He was my friend. <laughs> Man, so, when this love affair with Milton start? <laughs> right. So then, Thinker dies. Gets splattered by Starro. Then Rick Flag dies because Peacemaker kills him because he was on a separate mission from right. Waller to destroy all the data because the data that was in Jotunheim, the base that they're destroying, where Star was killed captive, pretty much indicts the, uh, the United States, yeah. showing that they had a hand in all of this and it would cause an international incident. Yeah, they were sent there to uh, cover up. Yeah, what, pretty what much. Did. That's, that's yeah. Waller's mo. She covers mm-hmm. up everything. That's what. Right. She, that's who she is as a character. So Peacemaker kills him. Stabs him through the heart, and it shows it going into yeah. his heart, and that was that was sad because Flag just looks at him as his dying breath. He goes, "Peacemaker, what a joke!" joke. And yeah. then falls over dead. So with that being that case, you know, I'll get to it in a second. So then Peacemaker dies because Bloodsport shoots a bullet through his bullet with a smaller oh, bullet, bullet, which is a callback to the beginning of the movie. Like uh-huh. that's that's some gun always does. Like yes. you think things are such throwaway lines. But they end up coming back and playing a huge part of the movie. Yep. I mean, that I, I could think of three or four times in this movie alone it happened. Mm-hmm. So Peacemaker gets shot through the throat, sits there and dies. Yeah. Uh, then I think the last one to die of the Suicide Squad was, was Polka Dot Man. Man. And he yeah. destroyed Starro's leg with his polka dots because his polka dots are colorful. They're cool when they're flying, but they're acidic. Like, they just eat through shit. Well, they're... Uh, yeah, they're that explosive interdimensional energy. energy it's pretty much yeah. like acid being exactly. thrown. Yeah. So he cuts off Starro's leg with that, but it wasn't Starro. He was seeing it was his mom, a giant version of his mom. Right. Which is just brutal. <laughs> cuts the leg off and yeah. he's like, God damn. Then he gets just plastered to the concrete by Starro. He goes, he goes I'm, a I'm a superhero. superhero. <laughs> oh. And then Starro dies. So like 90% of the people in this movie eat it. Eat it. Yeah. They eat it they hard. Just decimated yeah i mean there's no i mean at one point i thought king shot was gonna eat it i thought he was too when he fell out of the damn building he landed yeah and then they started riddling with bullets and he starts moving yeah. it's like oh he's still alive yeah this i was like a damn beast. dude yeah <sighs> yeah worst nightmare yeah so i mean and then the end credit scene you find out that weasel still alive mm-hmm. he coughs up the water and runs away on the yeah. beach which was just <laughs> stupid but it was funny and then you find out at the very end credits that peacemaker's still alive right he survived. He's in a hospital. They're taking care of him, and Waller's people are coming to get him for a new mission, which leads into his Peacemaker show. Right. So, you know, it's a little bait and switch with that. Yeah, it is. But it, fuck, is it brutal? Oh, it's it's brutal as hell. I mean, it is everything that you want to see in a movie that's, you know, a rated R comic book movie. Yeah. It's just, it's a 
graph it's a silly graphic novel i was happy that they let him do rated r like that's yeah. the one thing that dc does really good is about letting their movies become r mm -hmm. and it really plays to some of these characters and like some i don't see how marvel's gonna do certain of their characters not r i don't but either. they'll if they're gonna find a way they'll do it dc should have no choice but to let be like you know what <laughs> fuck it we can't do We're this pg-13 just let him yeah. do r like, yeah, exactly well, it'll work itself out i mean like we talked about before in some of the other uh podcasts is you know, DC is known for the darker uh -huh. movies. Very much so. You know, the darker subject matter. So you're, you know, they got to lean towards that and lean into it. Uh, Marvel's, you know, I think they've had, uh, they've had a lot of success of family fun and family, you know, oriented films. Mm -hmm. um, it will be tricky for them to tightrope uh, into a really R situation. Well, they Unless got it's Deadpool, like Deadpool 3 coming up yeah. and Blade, which... Right how you're going to do vampires and, and the Merc with a mouth blood. and not let it be bloody and gory yeah. and rated R. I'll never know. But <laughs> and then again, it. they surprise us every time. So yeah. just wait and see. I don't know. They're going to do it though. I, I'll be, you know, I got, I'm going to say James Gunn, when it comes to his musical choice, oh, awesome. on point. Awesome, man. Great music every yeah. time. Like I want, I want to know if he, when he's writing the script, if he's thinking of these songs, like I know he did it with guardians one and two. But with this one, I wonder if he just sat there and like, all right, this would be a good song for this. Write that there to the side. All right, right. we're going to play with that. Or if he just, when he's editing, putting it together, if he see like, hears the music, he's like, this would fit good here or I how he does it. He takes a book kind of out of Tarantino's book. Yeah. You know, a page out of his book uh, and just goes, okay, I need to find the soundtrack during, during the writing phase right. and during all this, you know, instead of. You know, oh, man, later on, we'll throw it in there. No, you can tell he's he's doing this. These are woven into the fabric. Of it's part of the scenes. story, pretty yeah. much. Like exactly. what, the opening of the Johnny Cass song right. in prison. It's like, okay, exactly. like, this is part of the story. Like, mm -hmm. This is just the way it is. Right. Run with it. I agree. God, the music in that movie is so good. Like, I've been oh, listening to the soundtrack. I mean, the orchestra by John Murphy was really good, mm -hmm. too. Not much of it in there compared to the actual music. Right. But freaking awesome nonetheless like it was just so well put together it was so much fun hilarious well paced brutal as shit like we keep saying fantastically directed fantastically acted like this you can't do superhero much better than this and it's not even superhero you can't do supervillain much better than this right i agree unless you go the route of doing the joker with, you know, like they did a few years ago with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. He, but you couldn't but do that with this. Yeah, you couldn't. Because these characters aren't that serious. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? No, but the fact you can take Polka Dot Man seriously after this movie is fucking impressive. Yeah. You know what I want to see after watching King Shark in this movie? What's that? This may have been after your time. You may not remember these characters. But do you ever see Street Sharks? Of course. Okay. I would love to see a Street Sharks movie now after seeing King Shark. Oh man, I want to see street sharks. I want to be. I want to see silver hawks. I want to see all those movies. gargoyles. 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 Oh yeah, it'd be awesome. But you have to get. You'd have to get the original voice. Yes, Goliath. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forget his name. Keith. Uh, da -da 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 something or other. Does all the Navy commercials. Does all the. Like, yeah, he's got a very iconic yeah. voice. Uh, give me a second. And I'll look. But yeah, I mean the movie itself was just freaking nuts man like it was non-stop from the get-go and it never let off the gas until it like needed to coast for a few seconds to like get some character development in there right and then the second that's over it's like oh we're back on the gas again it was keith uh keith david right yes keith david that's right yeah fantastic voice yeah. on that man just iconic as shit right yeah, I, I I agree, man. That would that would be awesome to see. Um, I was thinking also, you know, we looked at the CGI in this movie, the set design, and the uh, uh, costume design. Mm -hmm. You know, were all awesome. Yeah, just all on point. I mean, it was so great. You know, like you said, you know, you, you got parts of uh, you know, Peacemaker's costume looks absolutely silly. But it's what his costume is. Yeah, it, well, it it's too colorful at times exactly. compared to the other ones. Exactly. But I think that's meant to that's differentiate purpose. him yes, from the other group. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Very exactly. well put together. Bloodsport's yeah. mask. Oh, it's 
I was so bad. sad when that mask broke because I just kept yeah. wanting to see it because that that freaking skull mouth with yeah. the black visor over it. Like, yep. Watching that movie, I could understand how originally it was thought that he was going to replace Will Smith's Deadshot. Right. I'm glad they didn't because you can't just replace Will Smith's Deadshot. Well. I mean, here's what you did. You you replaced a black dude who could shoot and not miss with another black dude who could shoot and not miss. Valid. But, you know. I mean, there was I, a lot of similarities here. But the characters were a bit different. I mean, yes. And even the dynamic with the daughter, you know, was kind of a. It was different. Kind of. It was different, but yeah. it was a kind of, you know, a parallel. Right. You know, with that. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think, you know, you don't confuse you don't miss Will Smith in that character. No. In that spot. Now, I would love to see another Suicide Squad movie where there's Deadshot and Bloodsport oh, on team. yeah. That would be cool to see just to see the two alphas going after each other. Right. And right. trying to see how that would work. Yeah. I don't, man. I mean, the fa- the way they get out of jail yet again at the end of the movie, because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a Suicide Squad movie if they didn't figure out a way for some of these guys to get out of it. Right. When Bloodsport pretty much blackmails Waller with the, the information... Right. He's like, you're going to let us go, or this goes online. You're not going to let my daughter go to prison, Yep. or this goes online. Fucking, like, the balls, the cojones on Black that, man. Ma- we're going to blackmail you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that? like, you better get these nano things out of our neck ASAP. Yeah. And all it would take is Waller to press a button. And deactivate. But then again, yeah. if she just blew their heads off, there it goes it on would, the internet. So she yep. has to do damage exactly. control at that point in yeah. time. And I want to see where those characters go after this, like... Obviously, with Harley Quinn, she had been out of prison in Birds of Prey, but then she's right back, back in. in. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny when she gets on the plane at the beginning or the helicopter, Boomer looks at her and goes, Harles, what are you doing back in prison? Oh, I had some road rage in a bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, we don't need hilarious. to know why she's back in prison. That's cool. That's like, hilarious. It's just quick. That whole scene when they're on the helicopter, and you know, you know that, like, Pete Davidson's character, uh, you know, Blackguard is, Blackguard is going to buy it at some point in time. The dude can't even put a seatbelt on. No. He well, you freaks knew, out. Just from seeing these characters, the, the technically they end up being the distraction. They're the B squad. Right. And I personally think Waller set up the whole Blackguard getting a hold of the army. Oh, of course. Just to get them all there. Uh, of course. You knew, like, seeing these unknown characters, they were going to eat it. Yeah. Like, that was, that was just a given. They yeah, were absolutely going to eat it. Like you said, when you saw none of the main characters that you knew were going to be in the movie uh, on that first squad, mm-hmm. okay, these guys aren't here. Why are they not here? Oh, yeah, they're all dead. Yeah, and then <laughs> right as soon as they all finish dying, cuts over to the other side of the beach, and you see the original, right. the, the new five walking up, and yeah. then shows the Suicide Squad. I'm like, ooh, what a bait and switch you just tried to pull on us. Yes, indeed. I appreciate that. Yeah. I love the, it's a very underrated thing. But I appreciated how every segment of the movie was broken out as like, you know, Operation This, Dirty Little Secrets yeah. Here. Like, Gunn pretty much said, okay, here's the next section of the movie. Here's what it's titled. Right. You know, it was like when they got out of the, the prison bus that they ran, the joke, or, uh, flag, peacemaker, and blood sport. Mm-hmm. It said Operation Yodaheim and yeah. fire behind them. And then it's like, well, there's something else we got to do first. And poof, there goes the fire and the smoke comes up and says Operation Harley. Yeah. Like, I was just hilarious. like, damn, I, I like that. I appreciate that because yeah, it breaks too. it up into sections for you and you know yes. what you're about to walk you know into. What's kinda. going on? I mean, it sets it up perfectly. Harley's a badass, though. Dude, she lifted that guy and herself up. The upper body strength yeah. is ridiculous. I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, I'm like going, man, oh, man. I know, you know, from watching the comics, I mean, you know, reading the comics and watching <laughs> the anime series and so like, she can do a lot Boy, of different things. you're just full of them things. today, huh? Yeah. From you're going to pull a book from Quir- uh, God damn it. You're fucking me up. Uh-huh. Quentin Tarantino's book. Look at this here. <laughs> Read, watching the comics. Yeah. You're all over the place today, man. Yeah. But uh, no, it's, you know, to watch her just just basically do a pull up with that guy uh-huh. wrapped with her legs wrapped around that guy's neck and she break fucked his up. neck. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she wow. fucked up all those people. Like, yeah. I love how oh. when she gets in the cab and she sees Bloodsport and Flag running across the street. Yeah. Bloodsport's run was funny as shit. Just <laughs> trying to sneak like a cartoon yeah, character. Exactly. <laughs> it was so funny. It was wild. Yeah, but uh Margot Robbie said that when she was filming that scene, that one of the fake one of the bullets mm-hmm. uh bounced off a camera 
and then bounced right back into her bustier. Oh, really? Yeah, it was burning her. She's like, still got to keep, you know, keeping right. the character, everything like that. That was funny. That's she's wild. she's fantastic. Like I said, anybody that can take a psychotic character like that yeah. and make her look majestic at times, yeah, she's so fucking impressive. Like Nuts she was born blue. to play that role. It really seems to be. I mean, a lot of people have given her flack about it, but I think she's done such a great thing. And I think you know. You see a lot of her following on uh, Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, she's that character has a very large following. Her rendition of that character, yeah, has a very large following. So it's like, okay, again, you have to take with a grain of salt with critics and all. Those well, I like say. how they're evolving her as they go. Yeah, and this was, like I said, by far the best rendition of this character yet in the movies, right. and it 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 benefited from Birds of Prey. Because you got to see more of Harley in that movie, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't have had to see Harley in that movie fully. You know, right? It's a weird I, I thing I'm saying, but like that movie should not have relied heavily on Harley's shoulders. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. It should have been a mix, like this one mm-hmm. was. Harley benefits from less screen time. Yeah, she does because she's not a character. You should need to tap that egg open and, and look inside of. You need, need to just see her from a distance and appreciate her right. from a distance and get little intricacies from her right but you don't need to delve completely into her no she does not need to carry a movie no no though margot robbie could carry a movie she with can her, but but the ensemble helps her tremendously she mm-hmm. plays off well off of other characters so. no she really does and every scene she's in she plays well with everybody mm-hmm. absolutely everybody the first helicopter scene right the you know her scenes with luna the scenes at the um on the roof where oh, yeah. she's, oh she's like, we find out you have custom license plates. You die. Yeah. You yeah, cough God. with your mouth open. You die. Like I am back here pacing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. You could tell she really had fun. She was like given the reins yeah. to just let loose. Mm-hmm. Harley benefits from a director like Gunn, who gets yeah. her dark humor and understands her as a character. I Instead agree. of a character study, it's more of a just a, let's let Harley be Harley. Yeah. Oh, do I want to? All right, fine. Did you did you find out if what your guilty pleasure movie was? By the way, <laughs> did you give it any thought? <laughs> I didn't, but I'm going to give it thought. All right. Well, we got another episode to film today, yeah. so we'll talk about it we'll in the that. next one. But if you had to rate this movie, oh, I this is an eight seven. I give yeah. it an eight seven because you know I think it was great. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Yeah, and it deserves more money and more appreciation at the box office i think so too i think you know there's a lot of uh situations going on i mean really i think this movie will the box office for this movie will tell um you know i think it'll be vindicated by the box office for the next movies coming up yes because i think this is the band-aid yeah i think they're going to uh slide as well right because you know of course delta's out there Right. And I think that's going to have a bigger effect on movies than we really want it to. Yeah, probably so. But not much you can do at this point. Just yeah. roll with it. I mean, we're still going to see what we can see. Mm-hmm. Hell, we're planning on a double feature this week. Yeah. Which see will be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's a 9 out of 10 instantly. Yeah. Like I, The second I walked out of the theater, I'm like, 9 to 10, would see again. Like, yeah. I, I, I wanted to. Like, I was oh, yeah. about to go home. And watch it again that night with my wife, but she was already tired and right. falling asleep. So I was like, fuck. I started watching it and I was like, you know what? I need to go to bed. I got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. I would have watched it again, though. Oh, yeah. It was. It's worth doing that. And it's worth a multiple viewings oh, because yeah. the more you watch it, the more you see like little James Gunn's little nitpicks and intricacies uh-huh. that he puts in there, these little Easter eggs here and yes. there. And then having watched the movie from beginning to end and then going back and watching it beginning to end, you see all the t- connecting tissue from, you know, that he plant seeds for in the beginning and then right. comes to fruition at the end yeah great fantastic movie it's well put together absolutely it's just it comes together so well it mm-hmm. just all melds so yeah I, I anything that somebody is saying that this movie is a bust or anything like that is ridiculous well like we talked about earlier the parents saying oh i didn't realize it was a rated r violent movie how the fuck how did the you fuck not did realize you not that like I, I mean, seriously, you any research before you took your child to the movie? Well, not only that, but on the ticket it says R. The trailers yeah. it says R. Yeah. Everywhere you look for this movie, it's R. Yeah, like there is no misconstruing that. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, even in the trailers, when you see certain things in the like the PG trailers. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's about to get dirty. Yeah, like, exactly. Holy shit. You can see it. So <sighs> I, I just think some people don't pay attention or they're right. just dumb. Right. Simple as that. Yeah. So the fact that this movie's getting flack for that, not the movie's fault. That's hey, your fault. There's male frontal nudity in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's it's, Pepe's pee pee wow. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I was like, okay, well, there's that. Yeah. There's like, dong in my face. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this still funny uh, as shit, though. Like, yeah. anytime you get to see male nudity used in humor like that, mm-hmm. it's funny as shit. Like, yeah. I was like, all right, we already had our pecker jokes from John Cena and his whitey tidies, and then. Yeah. Here's this dude just full junk blazing, getting <laughs> pierced right in the head with a bullet. Yeah, exactly. God, that was such a brutal oh, scene. Funny. Yeah, I love how they played that up for humor, and then you found out that those were all the rebels they were killing. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh shit! We, we I didn't, didn't see, see no people. people. Did you see we any people? people? No, I didn't. I thought I, I saw almost my mom in my head, and I killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and King Shark coughs up a necklace <laughs> <laughs> like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was so funny. I want to go watch it again. That's too much. Definitely see it in theaters, too. Like, everybody has a chance to see it on HBO Max. Yes. See it in theaters. Like, I showed it to my wife on HBO Max, Mm -hmm. and it kept buffering for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Pissing me off. And I don't know if it was just the time of day we were watching it, because I had a hard time getting into HBO Max for part of the day. Oh, really? And I'm just thinking that's because the website was seeing so many people come in to watch that movie. Could be. Shit like that happens from time to time. But when we were watching it, it kept trying to buffer through certain scenes. And my wife goes, this is such a good movie. But this is really taking me out of it. Really annoying. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely annoying. So if you get the chance to see it in theaters, absolutely see it in theaters. Yeah, it's a good watch. But it's fun to watch at home, too. Yeah. (laughs) The jokes that can be made from this movie. (laughs) Oh, I'm keeping some of those lines. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Especially Peacemaker's lines. I cannot wait for his show. Yeah, that's That's going to be freaking solid. All right, buddy, you got anything else to add to this one? No, man. Solid movie. Great, great Recommend movie. to everybody. Add, go watch it yourself. Tell your friends to go watch it. Yeah. We're seeing. Hilarious. Yeah. And in the Hilarious. same vote, you're saying, go see this movie, my friend. Also, come listen to this pos- podcast, my friend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tell them about us. Only after they watch this movie, though, because you could not talk about this movie without no. the heavy spoilers. Yeah, that's right. And the shock value alone for some of those spoilers is worth seeing. Oh, yeah. So it's not like other movies yeah, where we shocking. spoil it Some and we're just like, eh, whatever, spoilers don't bother us. This mm-hmm. one would have pissed us off a little bit. Oh, yeah. Even though you could kind of tell, like, this is where it's going. Right. Once you see it happen, you're like, holy, holy fuck, shit. there's no explaining yeah. that. Like, that just happened. <laughs> so until next time, my friends. Peace out. I've been Kendrick. And I've been Mark. And this has been Movies in Black and White. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.